Welcome to Canva Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Able, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, clarify your message, and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word color, defined by Wikipedia as the characteristic of visual perception described through color categories with names such as red, orange, yellow, green, blue, or purple. This perception of color derives from the stimulation of photoreceptor cells by electromagnetic radiation. So yes, now you understand the science behind how we see color, but today we're talking about the importance of color and how it helps us show up and make an impact on the world. My guest is Hollywood's guru of hue, color expert Jill Kirsch. Jill is all over TV, magazines, and the interwebs discussing her proprietary color system, and she is the go-to for red carpet celebrities, Grammy-winning musicians, and titans of business for color coaching. Yes, it's a thing, it's incredibly important, and you want to pay attention. Jill has also recently written her first free ebook, The Color Question, Are You Wearing the Perfect Shades? for somebody else, which is available on her website, jillkirschcolor.com. I am so excited. Welcome, Jill. Hi. I have been wanting to do this with you forever, so I'm very grateful and thrilled to be here. Why, thank you very much. We're right back at you. So this brings me to color brings so much joy. Why are people afraid of color? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, a lot of people, uh, for my clients anyway, I'm finding, have always wanted to wear color, but they don't want to make like this faux pas. Do you know what I mean? They don't want to be out there with a bold statement um, and have it be wrong. And I'll just refer to something I just wrote for a a website that um, yellow, okay, is Pantone's, one of Pantone's colors of the year. And I wrote this article about who should wear which yellow? Like everyone can wear basically every color, okay? It just depends on the right shade of that color for you. So I wrote this thing about yellow that I have clients, 99%, not exaggerating, of my clients will say, I will never wear yellow, I can't wear yellow, never, right? Especially if you're from New York, right? But there is absolutely a yellow for everyone. And what happens is that they're so excited to try it because they never thought they could do it. So it kind of like, I asked people to step out of their color box just a little bit and try some new colors. I just wanted to say one thing because now a lot of the publications are picking up like, okay, so now we're gonna kind of get back into a normal-ish environment and people are gravitating toward bright colors. And here's my viewpoint on that, okay? My feeling is that I want the person to look bright in the color. Instead of just grabbing, royal blue and and yellow and and bright red you know what i'm saying because those shades can sometimes be very overpowering for the person and they kind of get lost in it you know so i want the person to brighten up with what they're wearing to enhance them well this is the whole crux of today's episode i love that you said that though because it one it touches on a previous episode we did we get stuck in the shoulds like i should wear this color I should, it's on trend. So yay, because that's a perpetual. I also want to acknowledge to everyone that I'm wearing a lovely shade of, I don't even know what this shade of blue is, but I'm wearing it because you, Jill, taught me that it was a color for me. Yeah, it's like a tealy kind of color, yeah? 
It's a teal royal blue, and um, it's just a cute little dress I bought on sale at H&M um, that I love. But And now I try to collect it wherever I go. And to your point, you know, one of the points on my personal manifesto is there's a shade of pink for everyone. And so, um, and I just want to point out, you know, one of the things that's liberated color for a lot of us is hip hop. Yep. Right? And artists who wear so much color and have made not just bold statements, but I mean, it's, you know, street style and streetwear and really, really exuberant. So many of us who grew up in the sort of grunge and punk rock era seem a little grumpy and dowdy when we're just all walking around in our head to toe black, guilty as charged. So can I ask you the obvious question? Anything you want to ask me. Indulge me, please. Do you have a favorite color? Yeah, I happen to like green a lot. I mean, I wear a lot of black. And in fact, you look at my background, and it's very neutral. It's nothing at all because I work with clients um, right in front of this camera here and I have tons of color. Okay, so there's a lot of color going on. So I love wearing black and I love wearing white. But again, the shade of the white is a really, for me, a really stark dead white. But I love green and I've worn green a lot on camera but it needs to be the right shade of green because the wrong shade of the same color is never going to create the effect that you're going for as far as really impinging. Cause my viewpoint, especially with all of this zooming, you know, not walking into the office for hugs and kisses and then starting a meeting or whatever, or doing things in person is that when you're wearing the right shades of color, the attention of the viewer is drawn from what you're wearing to the lips, to the cheeks, to the eye, to the hair. So all the arrows are pointing up. And then my viewpoint is that when that's happening, the message that you're communicating in words is just going to ride that wave instead of the viewer having to get through all oh, the lips and the hair and the this and the glasses are wrong and it cuts her face and, and then get your message. What I do is like present the message and you can do that. Everyone can do that with color, 100%. I am 100% on board and I absolutely know what you mean. So just to back it up for the listener is to understand how impactful color is. I'm a big believer on focus on what you can control. So here's a little something to your point, we can all do it. And you're gonna learn from Jill today how you can do it. But it can make the difference between making a great impression in your job interview, in your audition, on your podcast, in your weekly meetings, all of that. And the other thing too, that is such a part of this and it's such a part of the work that I do is, you know, Jill, I think when you and I were growing up and getting into work, it was so much about fitting in. It really was. The world was like how to be, how to conform. Totally. Now everything we do is about how to stand out. I love that. And mm -hmm. color is a really wonderful way that we can stand out. And to your point, it's for some people, you could wear like a really bright, bold red dress, but for others, it might just be an accessory or some other way of using color that's an incredible enhancer that allows us to stand out. And I love the way you were describing that, just everything working together with skin, hair, energy, tone, voice, body language, that it, you're creating your own personal ecosystem, I guess is one way to look at it. Totally. And like for online branding, I mean, for any branding, for in person, I mean, I've been doing so much with the, the online uh, stuff. I'll tell you another tip um, having to do with online. So I work with a lot of performers and they do the self-taping these days because, you know, and I, I must say, even when everything is going to start moving eventually again, and it is, um, the Zoom thing is not going anywhere, in my opinion. I've been doing Skype auditions and Zoom since 
2010. Wow. Jennifer Lawrence, it's one of my favorite anecdotes. Jennifer Lawrence auditioned for Silver Linings Playbook via Skype. So it was here before and it's certainly not going anywhere. To your point, but we digress. Please continue. <laughs> That's lovely. I love that. Um, so what's come up more than ever? Because I mean, I my whole background is from New York as an actor. And so I've taken what I've learned and put together and created with the system to heavily into the industry. But you said something interesting to me. I think it was probably on the first conversation I had with me. You said to me, because I was saying I work with a lot of like some celebs, but a lot of the kids in L.A., um, you know, that come to L.A. to get into the business. And you said to me, um, I really think you're limiting yourself because everyone needs this, right? And that always stuck in my mind. And obviously, of course, I have so many people that aren't in the industry, but the thing about right now and for this past year is absolutely everyone, I could say everyone in your mother, but it's true, everyone in your mother is on camera. So one of the things that I've been saying, I've told to actors for years is when they go do their headshots, not only do you want to wear the right colors that are going to really make you pop and do the makeup colors that I suggest having to do with the right colors, but take the swatches, which is something my clients have these little booklets with fabric colors that work for them. Anyway, I just say to them, take that to the photographer and let him choose a backdrop from one of these tones. So and it makes a huge difference, huge, huge difference. So that now is super important. And I actually added a chapter in the book about only about background colors, that your background color is either going to push your image forward, which helps your message, or it's going to be a total distraction. Well, optics matter. Hell yeah. So let's talk about your book for a sec. Or for many seconds. I mean, I love the title, the basic, the color question, are you wearing the right shades for somebody else? So I have been asked for like easily over 20 years to write a book. And I tried and I sat in the paper or the computer and, and it was not happening. And then I have a friend in London and he has written before and he's in marketing and he goes, you know what? Let me just ask you a few questions. That's my book. That's my book. He said to me, so how'd you get into this? You know, blah, blah, blah. And there's pictures. It's, I'm, I can't even believe it. Just you grab so many tips on little tweaks, like how to change the way someone takes you in, you know, just by color. I mean, and you can go to Target or wherever and find like a little $5 t-shirt and look fabulous. Whereas spending like a whole lot of money and having the wrong color doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. I might have a few of those in my closet. How might one suspect that one's not wearing the right colors or the right shades or hues? Well, it's not like fun, like getting dressed and putting colors together and things together. And they buy something, which happens with a lot of people, that looks great in the store or was fabulous on their friend, but then they get it home and it's hanging in the closet with a tag on it. They keep trying. It keeps looking dull and it's not good and this and that, you know. Yeah, sometimes people are just ready for a change, you know. The other thing that's been huge for me is the evolution, revolution, I call it, of people going gray all over the world. Mm, yes, let's talk about that. I was interviewed for this documentary, which has ended up winning awards. It's, it's been amazing, called Gray is the New Blonde. I love giving her promotion because it's, she did an amazing job, this gal. And, and, uh, and there are so many people 
way beyond the states. I mean, all over the world that I've heard from that have gone gray and it's a big commitment, you know, and it's their own journey to do that. But what happens is if they've been dyeing their hair reddish brown or golden blonde or whatever for like 30 years, even 20 years or 10 years, every single shade of color that they've looked fabulous in and they felt really good in with reddish brown hair is horrible with gray hair. And they don't even need me to say that. I get the emails about it. And in fact, when um, this InStyle piece ran a while back on my whole system with the swatches, InStyle Australia had contacted me and they said they wanted to run it in InStyle Australia. So they did. And I started getting emails. And most of the emails that I got were from people going gray. And I hear, you know, I really wanted to do this, but I feel so dull and older and washed out and blah. And, and I, I know how you can make it fabulous. Right? I so know. And so that's what I'm very excited to share that. So how do you make it fabulous? Tell us. Okay. So there's gray hair, which is like, uh, how can I, Helen Mirren. Okay. You know, the soft gray. Then there's more of like a silver salt and pepper hair which is, has more depth to it. This gray hair is like more of a softer solid kind of a thing, but the silver and salt and pepper hair versus gray are two different color palettes. So if someone is gray, they don't want to do the earth tones. Even if they were doing them years ago and everything was fabulous and it looked great, it doesn't work anymore. So a lot of the shades for gray are like dusty, like a lot of the dusty rose, the minty greens, the periwinkle, the sky blues, the taupey browns, and like medium like dove grays. Whereas if someone is a redhead or, you know, warm brown hair, then they want to do the earth tones. Those are fabulous for them. The earth tones and the olives and the golds and the mustard and, you know, New York City in the fall type leaves, colors like that. A really fabulous, um, like an aubergine, like an eggplant color purple. Okay. If someone is salt and pepper or like my hair color, like a dark brown or someone with black hair, then they want to go royal blue. Stark white, red, emerald green, um, very clear, true charcoal gray, navy blue, very clear, true colors. And if they're a warm blonde, like a light warm blonde, say like Dakota Fanning, then the camels and the ivory, like instead of white, white is so much better. Kelly green, turquoise, um, you know, a lot of the peachier pinks instead of like the fuchsia pinks. So basically when you were talking about pink, like, yes, everyone can wear it. But I mean, you know, if someone has like a reddish brown hair and they're like digging that pink lipstick they've worn for years, I have got to pry it out of their, their consciousness along with their hand and show them a pinky color that will work better to pull everything together. How much does lighting impact this? Oh, lighting is super important. Lighting can actually change. And I mean change, not like a little bit, but change a color. So I highly suggest if someone is doing um, a lot of online work to have some good light. And even if, if it's not like, you know, it doesn't have to be a costly kind of thing. But I mean, if you look into the window, into like natural light, that's lovely lighting, you know, but it, lighting is extremely important. Well, my mom taught me that when I was much younger, if you can actually get a store to agree with you, is to sometimes take things, certainly makeup, but other things outside and see it in street light because the light in stores is often 
very inaccurate, but we also know the importance of lighting, even from the intro to this episode, explaining it's like light is how we see color, but it does become a really fabulous segue actually to your work on red carpets, because it is often part of the, you know, post show commentary, which I love that the host will talk about how different a dress or a suit or an ensemble looked in person versus how it's showing up on the best or worst dress lists. Yeah, so when I do some of these TV segments, um, they wanna talk about, you know, red carpet, what did you think? And I don't trash anyone, I, I just don't go there. But I do show how color can make such a difference, okay? So first of all, I wanna just give you a tip. A lot of the shots on the red carpet are long shots, right? They shoot the face, the whole thing. They're, most of them are long shots. Yet what I see a lot on the carpet is that people are dressing to work with their eye color. So certain performers I've seen, you know, with fabulous blue eyes, one gal was wearing a a dusty blue dress. Now she's gorgeous and she's fabulous, but in my mind's eye, I'm putting the color blue that would be amazing because she has this honey blonde hair, which is a very warm kind of statement around your face next to this dusty, cool, pastel-y blue dress. And if the dress was more in like a teal kind of blue or a deeper turquoise blue, the whole picture would just be amazing. And it's constantly being proven out that when you're doing red carpet, definitely consider your present hair color with your choice of colors for your wardrobe. It's huge because my whole system is entirely based on your present hair color. Okay. I said, this is not like your mother's colors. This is not back in the day. Are you a winter or a spring or this, like, are you yellow or no, I have learned this from watching people on camera and also from being on camera. When a camera comes in close, your hair is what's framing your face. It frames your eyes and your smile, and you really need to work it to pull everything together. Otherwise things can look fragmented and you don't get the payoff. You don't get the wow factor, but when everything is in sync, it's amazing. So I start with the hair color and then work from that with choosing colors for the lips, for the cheeks, for the eyes, and for sure for the wardrobe. I have an actress who's in LA who I did a one-on-one session with and she loved everything and got all this stuff. And then she said, before I left, can you look at some of my wigs? So I thought, okay, like maybe one or two weeks, not exaggerating hooks on the wall platinum blonde, spiky platinum blonde wig, a long black goth wig. She was a natural redhead and she had golden blonde curl wig. So it was very interesting. She wears them all for different characters and things. It's part of her her whole uh, persona. So she ended up getting four different swatches and makeup to go with each of the wigs. I love this so much because she's like the Moira Rose of your business. So I love that. And it also answered a question I had because many artists and actors I know do change their hair color a lot. Many women I know do wear wigs. And so I get it. Now you just said it, you answered just adjust your wardrobe and your makeup accordingly. And also to your point, just a hot tip for everyone. If, if you're new and you haven't worked around this before is the notion of the camera test, because if you've worked in TV, as long as I have, and we have wardrobe stylists, you always take the wardrobe and you test it under lights to see what works, what doesn't work. Absolutely. So let's get deep dive. Walk me through your system and how you, how you created, because you explained a little bit about from your own background as an actor that you started to understand how this works. So share with us, cause I love it. Okay. So a condensed version, I grew up in New York City, okay? 
I actually grew up in the garment center in New York City. Both my parents were in the fashion industry. My mom was a buyer who was amazing, bought designer sportswear for specialty stores all over the country. And my dad was working with a manufacturer for leather, so for belts and bags and shoes. So I kind of, you know, like would schlep around with my mom on a day off from school and, and the order books and the great like the things, the pencils, pencil holders with all the logos. And anyway, it was, it was a vibe back in the day. I mean, the garment center back in the day was like magical. It was amazing. It was amazing. Anyway. Um, so, and I was also acting. So instead of waiting tables to support my acting habit, um, I worked wholesale and I worked retail. So I was kind of around this a lot. And then I was in LA and then I learned about this colors thing and the winter and the summer and all that. And then- Wait, what season were you? At Back in the day, I was a winter. I, I was a summer. You were a summer? You're so warm and golden. Oh, we'll have to talk. But um, anyway, and it's very funny because that whole winter summer business, um, and I've heard from so many people that have had that done, but see, they're so stuck, you know? So I say, this is not your mother's colors. So it's so in this book, he says, well, how'd you get into it? And I just had this- realization that, wow, I took from being an actor and I took from being in the fashion business and pulled this thing together and and then started booking all these TV shows. From a business point of view, I love, it's a perfect example of taking something that you're passionate about, yeah, that you love, and it's the intersection of that with something people need. And now you have a business. Yeah. So I want to ask you, as, as we're winding down, what are three tips just actionable for anybody listening right now to help them, you know, move along in their own color story? Okay, so um, I'm going to give four tips, okay, because I have four color groups. Okay, so if you're a redhead, okay, even if you have blue eyes and you're a redhead, you don't want to wear that Oxford pale blue for your headshots. Okay, you just don't want to do it because if you look at the eyes and the head and the shirt and the eyes, it's okay. But when you look at the whole picture and you don't want to stand in front of a pale blue, which is this is what I see a lot when people send me pictures. You don't work with cool colors. So go for like like if you want to do red, which is fabulous, go for an orangey red. So this is okay. If you're a redhead, if you're a warm brunette, like a reddish brown hair, or if you have like a golden blonde hair. Teal is great, uh, eggplant, foresty greens, um, golden, mustardy tones, bad colors, pale gray, a taupey brown, which is like a very cool brown, burgundy. You don't want to do those kind of colors. You don't want to do the pale lavender, okay? You want to do the richer, warmer colors. If you have dark brown, black hair, salt and pepper hair, like silvery kind of hair, go for the primary colors. Like it's like a box of crayons, you know, white, dead white, black, you know, royal blue, navy blue, charcoal gray, hot pink. You don't want to do any of the earth tones, right? And you don't want to do the camel and the ivory. See, the camel and ivory are fabulous neutral colors if you're a warm blonde. There's the camel, the ivory, the kelly green, the lemon yellow, um, orangey reds, like poppy kind of colors are really, really good for like a light blonde. And if you're gray, you want to go with, like, again, I said periwinkle, dusty blue, um, dusty, like dusted kind of colors. You know what I mean? Like there's like a little film or like a, a softness over the color. Certain colors read really well in general on camera. I'm not even talking about the shade of the color, but I'm talking like the whole picture, the color. Like I find blue is a very good color on camera. Um, some purples are good. Reds can be really tricky. I have actually worn red on camera, but it reads orangey. 
like it reads too orangey. And then, you know, we have everyone's monitors are a little bit different and stuff. But bottom line is if you stay within the palette and you have so many choices within the right color palette, it will always be better. Even if the lighting isn't like 100%, the best colors for you in any kind of lighting will be the colors that work with your hair color. You take this into jewelry and definitely into eyeglass frames, especially if you wear glasses all the time. So for my coloring um, or for, uh, let's see, uh, the salt and pepper, um, even the gray, silver is a much better metal. For someone who's warmer, goldeny kind of um, hair color, gold up to the face is much better. Eyeglasses, someone with the warm uh, hair color, you don't want the silver frame. If you were going to go metal, you want to go more like the bronzy or the coppery kind of color or gold. And the thing is, like the metals can be very cheap, but they can look extremely expensive if you're wearing the right shade of the metal. So for sure, this goes into eyeglass frames. Okay. I had a, um, a guy years ago um, who was recommended to me. The first thing I remember about this man was his gold frame eyeglasses and they were a thick prescription and they weren't his color. So what happened was I looked at him and the glasses cut the face totally in half and he had these incredible blue eyes, but you lost all of that. See, so the yellow gold doesn't work with his coloring at all. So of course he got new glasses and all that, but glass frames, even fun sunglasses are really important, but truly if you wear glasses all the time, they are a hundred percent part of your makeup. End of story. End of story. They just, you don't even need to wear as much makeup when you're wearing glasses, but you want to have the right, the right shade. This has been fantastic, Jill. Thank you so much. So once again, you can get Jill's ebook, The Color Question, Are You Wearing the Perfect Shades for Somebody Else, for free via Jill's website, jillkirschcolor.com. And they can contact you there as well, I believe. Yes? Yep. And thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. Your support and feedback mean the world to me. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And please tell your friends.